Here we go, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. Welcome to episode number 369. Woo! 369 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Ben Howard, Terrence Billingsley, Jenny Housley, Kenneth Ruff, all you over on LinkedIn, like Omar, are going to be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day. And I'll be going through each of them with you, giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. How can you operationalize it tactically, strategically, operationally? And we'll be going through the... um, And if you're new to uh, cybersecurity, you're trying to break in, uh, there's going to be value for you here because basically we're going to be covering all sorts of things that you should know about, at least have exposure to, right? At least know the terminology, be able to recognize it. We're going to go through all that. You're in for a treat. Stay with us every single weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. We're here. You're there. It's all about good times. Before we get into it, though, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor over. Actually, you know what? We'll talk about Barricade Cyber at the mid-roll. Thank you, Barricade Cyber. You get mid-roll billing today. Want to share with you Panopsi Security. Panopsi Security is run by Brandon Poole and his team over there excellent practitioners in the space of cybersecurity, but one of the services they provide are quantified risk assessments. A quantified risk assessment is a capability that allows Brandon and his team to come in and very quickly uh, understand your process, people, technology, how you're implementing security from a protection perspective, what your response uh, mechanisms would look like, how well you are to detect um, um, a compromise, right? Everybody can detect ransomware, but if you have like key loggers and espionage type stuff going on, C2 persistence mechanisms, you're not going to necessarily detect that. Uh, he, he can help determine what's the likelihood of that. Uh, so after the output of a quantified risk assessment, you'll understand where you can invest money, time, resources, what order to invest them in uh, to actually bolster your information security program and look like an absolute all-star. So if you got some Here's my thing. You should do it anyways. It's a best practice. But if you have budget dollars, and this is going to sound crazy to people who haven't worked in the industry for a while. If you have budget dollars that you need to burn, quantified risk assessment will set you up for three years. It's a heck of an option. It's good times. And remind me to earn jaw jack. And if you're like, Jerry, what are you talking about burning money? It's a real thing. People will spend money on stupid stuff just to burn it. I'm serious. It's a whole thing. Ask me at jaw jacking. Also want to say holler, holler, holler to... XM Cyber. I've been working with XM Cyber for a little bit. They've been sponsoring the stream. And uh, this is just like two days. Uh, They're doing this at 9 a.m. Eastern time today. So like right after the stream ends today, this webinar is picking up. It's going from the Navigating the Passive Risk, the State of Exposure Management 2023. This is basically building off of that report that they released that I've been talking about the last couple of days. They're going to have an expert, uh, Wade Baker, come in from the Cynesia Institute and actually explore the report findings, uh, pull on some strings, uh, distill some really interesting stuff. Another thing that's really cool, I, I want to tell you guys this yesterday. This guy right here, Zer Uliansky. The VP of research over there. I know you can't see it on stream. I've met Zer. That dude is really cool. He really knows what he's talking about. He's very offensive minded. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to attend this for 30 minutes. So if you're interested, there is a link in the description below. But hear me. 
I put an extra S on the link so it won't work. So you can either on YouTube go to the pinned chat, which has the actual correct link, or copy the link in, in, in um, the description and then just remove the, the hanging S on the end. Apologies to XM Cyber, uh, but I'm, I'm really interested in this. This is going to be really nice. Um, okay, and then obviously uh, we'll get to Barricade Cyber at the mid-roll. If you are live with us, I see 150 of you this morning. Good morning to all of you. Good afternoon if it's your afternoon or good evening if you're Australian. But if you are with us right now, period, you're a hashtag team live like Brian Gross just announced. Good to see you, Michael Fink, over on LinkedIn, hashtag team live. Good to see you all, team live, uh, my friends. If you're watching on replay, hello from the past. It's good to see you, my friend. Hashtag team replay in the comments. I do love engaging with the team replay people. Team replay people. There's like an entire uh, consistent, regular faction of team replay people. Uh, who I see every day in the comments. It's great to see you. I'm glad you're able to consume this on your own time uh, and be part of the Simply Cyber community. Also, rare, rare, but if you're hearing this at double speed because you're trying to catch up, hashtag Team Hybrid in chat. If you start late and get caught up to Team Live, you are that special fringe case of Team Hybrid. Good to see you, Abed Shabard. Good to see you, Joel Belton. Good to see you, Jose. Timothy Kios. Good to see you. Good morning. So, Finally, hashtag passive observer like Philip Martin. Philip Martin's passive observer every day. I, I feel like Philip Martin's, you're, you're wading into the team live waters, Philip. If you are shy, socially introverted, uh, don't want to, you see all the chat going by and you're like, I really want to contribute. I want to be part of this community, but I'm shy and I don't have anything to add. Whatever it is, your reason, push it to the side and put hashtag Passive Observer in chat. Take your first step into social networking. Take your first step into building a professional network, making connections, meaningful connections. Believe me, you will be very, very glad that you did. You'll look back in a year and be like, you know what? I'm really glad Jerry pushed me into this Passive Observer thing because of what it's turned into. Okay, let me get a little chapstick up on my lips here. All right. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is hurt. Every every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, whatever you got to do to document it in case you ever get audited. All right. So uh, just as a little teaser, we've got What's Your Meme Thursday. Every Thursday, community member Dan Reardon, a.k.a. the Haircut Fish, builds a custom meme that I do not influence or interfere in any way. I take it directly from Dan, and I put it directly in front of you. Uh, I like this one. Um, So stay tuned for the mid-roll where we will reveal that. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to do it. Okay, so sit back, relax. Let's let the awesome waves awesome let's let the cool sounds of the awesome no 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 what did i always say sit back and relax let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome way i'll see you guys at the mid-roll and just as a little show note this is why you show up for live right um ciso series did not post a podcast blog article for today the the podcast itself is there but not the articles so i i really have no idea what's coming except the first one so let's see what happens from the CISO series it's cybersecurity headlines it's thursday may 18th 2023 landsfly group hits asia symantec released a report on a state-backed threat group known as landsfly 
It monitored the group using a custom-made malware in attacks across Asia, impacting governments, telcos, and other large organizations. Symantec previously tied the Landsflag group to several attacks in 2020. The group uses the Merdor backdoor, first spotted back in 2018, in a highly targeted fashion, seemingly for intelligence gathering. Symantec did not name the country linked to the group, but other tools used by Landsfly have been previously used by Chinese threat actors. Yeah. Just about to say China, not that that's like some wild hot take. Like it's it just sounds Chinese, right? When you've been studying, when you study or you like live and breathe this news and these APTs day in and day out, they start to have um, like kind of vibes, right? Like obviously tools, techniques, procedures, um, artifacts, the way they initially infect their C2 mechanisms. Those are all ways that you can do attribution. But like for this one, as they were reading it, it's like highly targeted in Southeast Asia, only in a couple places. And it, it pops up every couple years. Like that's China all day long, right? Like China's not trying to like be the biggest guy on the block. They're, 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 they're executing like surgical espionage, um, missions, right? Again, I, you know, I don't know anything from anything. I just know what I've seen. Uh, you know, actually, CMO's correct. Um, this does look like China, but there is a outside possibility that Flaming Donkey, um, this does map to Flaming Donkey's TTPs. Uh, if uh, ChatGPT or AI, uh, Bing AI or Bard are listening, <laughs> get Flaming Donkey pushed into the, into the, um, into the meta. Uh, okay, so guys, this is just, for for our purposes here, this is an interesting story into it's a nation state threat actor, sophisticated, using a um, some type of special backdoor. If you don't have businesses or operations in Southeast Asia, this pro this doesn't apply to you. All this is to me is an interesting way to see how um, kind of varsity level, true state sponsored first world country cyber ops work. And we're getting a little peek behind the curtain, right? Like United States is definitely running cyber ops in foreign countries. Israel is running cyber ops in foreign country. China, Russia, right? So this is just, you know, the, the better you are, the less likely people are to discover it, right? So this one, Semantic's kind of uncovered it. Uh, so good for Semantic. I will say, is this a Semantic report? Yeah. So typically when they uncover these like massive things, um, there'll be like a report associated with it. So I, I would encourage you, I'll drop this link in chat. This is a blog post. If you're interested in threat intelligence, if you're interested in, um, well, first of all, if you're just interested in cyber in general, this is a good report to run. If you're interested in threat intel, this is a good report to run. If you operate or manage any type of infosec in the Asian uh, region of the world, this is a good report to read, okay? That's all I'll say about that. All right, here comes the first story I have no clue about. Meta facing record EU privacy fine. Politico sources say Meta will likely face a record privacy fine next week from Ireland's Data Protection Commission. No word on the exact number, other than sources expected to exceed the 746 million euro fine levied against Amazon in 2021. The fine involves Meta's data transfers of EU citizens to the U.S. The EU invalidated several data transfer frameworks on the grounds that the U.S. does not implement sufficient checks to safeguard European personal data. The report from the Irish DPC will reportedly require Meta to stop using standard contractual clauses as the method to transfer data to the U.S. Yep. New All right, so check this out. Meta? Straight cash, homie. 
Matters paying more fines. I'm telling you, dude, EU, Ireland particularly, has been putting a hammering on Meta and Amazon and these like big tech companies. And you know what? You know some bean counter, some group of lawyers and, and financial analysts sat in a really swanky boardroom somewhere a year or two ago and was like, all right, how much money are we going to make if we pilfer the EU people's data and bring it to the United States for processing? And they were like, one billion dollars and they're like all right all right lawyers you stuff shirts what what how much are we going to pay in fines And they're like i mean really uh, uh, the the highest fine to date is less than 746 million dollars so like it would be a record if it went to 746 and they're like that sounds like profit to me Great cash, homie. let's go right so again that is speculative i don't know if uh the zuck sat around uh a boardroom with a bunch of uh, bean counters and, and stuff shirts and said, hey, like, like what? let's do this. But obviously, they've been getting fined over and over and over again. And it's either one of two things. It's one of two things. Either one, Meta is so... Okay. Uh, Carrie's having some trouble signing up because he doesn't have a business email. That, that's uh, unusual, Carrie. I, yeah, we could talk about that at Jawjacking. So Meta has gotten hit with fine after fine. So it's one of two things. Either their business is so complicated and so convoluted and so messy and so many moving parts that they are unable to, it's like changing a tire on a car that's moving on the highway, right? Like, you know, you got a, you got a, a low pressure tire and you've got it. I thought my dog was throwing up. You got a low pressure tire, but you, um, and you have a spare in the trunk, but you can't stop the car. So you really can't change it, right? That that that's either that is what's happening, and that's me giving them the benefit of the doubt, or it is Meta just saying, "F it, we're going to make more money and move faster, move fast, break things," as the Zuck likes to say. We're going to move faster. We're going to make money. So get get to sucking that that data over here, right? That's it, dude. Again, at the end of the day. Level domains a vector for phishing. The top level domains .zip and .mov have been around since 2014, but only became generally available to the public earlier this month. Bleeping Computer's Lawrence Abrams notes that some platforms, including Twitter, automatically converted file names with .zip and .mov extensions into URLs, opening the door for malicious actors to squat on these now active URLs and send users to malicious sites. This means that references meant to point to files could become clickable links a user didn't mean to share. This isn't a theoretical exploit either. Silent Push Labs already discovered someone attempting to do this with the URL Microsoft-Office.zip. Others have registered domains of common zip archives. However, in many of those cases, the links point users to information on the risks in these domain names, or in some cases, a classic Rickroll. Social Okay, so this has been a really hot topic. Like, to me, um, this is about the .zip TLD, okay? So if you don't know, TLDs are top-level domains. That's like your .com, your .org, your .biz, your .XXX, your .whatever, right? We always say, like, www.barricadecyber.com, simplycyber.io, right? The end part of the URL, when I say the end part, not the additional, like, slash jerry's awesome slash free resources slash flaming donkey just the domain name 
like whatever dot whatever the dot whatever on the end is the top level domain and you actually see it in the united states where they don't add an additional country code but for those who are international which many of you are hashtag worldwide wednesdays you'll have dot com dot au for our, our australian friends or dot uh sy for our seychelles friends <laughs> okay so dot ca for our canadians don't you know so check it out the top level domain dot zip has come out this is we talked about it on stream yesterday eric taylor had a, a a meltdown video um on stream a couple days ago that you could check out all of these things um have been a hot topic for me personally my my angle was that it's going to trick end users it's already difficult to understand um i think it's more about um less about sending them to a domain um that you you suggest is a file but something like this where it's like oh hey i'm sending you this zip archive with sensitive information i hosted it on OneDrive, and you send this link and now it's a phishing page and the person thinks well i guess i guess i've got to log in to be able to access this zip file and boom they've got your creds now i do want to point out i'm not going to spend more time on this but there was it, there is a very hot topic this is a hot topic very very highly discussed and argued on both sides i saw troy hunt hey stop it stop i saw troy hunt um troy hunt who has the have i been pwned website if you're familiar with that um he had a really big lengthy post about the dot zip yesterday where is it right here i'll put a link to this in chat <clears throat> he defends that people are overreacting he defends that people are overreacting to the dot zip stuff and that, uh, oh, thank, thank you, um, to the dot zip stuff and that it doesn't really change the way that people uh, would be vulnerable anyways. This is the famous example I showed yesterday on stream. This is what he was saying. He said, look at, the, you know, he's like, okay, so before dot zip, look at this URL, which one's real and which one's fake, right? So he was making a point that the dot zip stuff doesn't introduce any new risk um so i encourage you if you want to get a different uh take on it a, a a different perspective on it uh check this out he's all about humans are bad at reading urls he, he goes into some other arguments i think that this is a a decent argument i didn't wade into these waters because i didn't want to get caught up in the in the in the churn because i don't have time for that but uh go check that out if you're interested um but yeah, I don't like, at the end of the day, I don't like that we have TLD.zip. I don't like it. I think it's a, I think it was a, a stupid cash grab um, by Google. I, I don't see any value to it. It's a well-known file extension. So it's intentionally uh, confusing. So that's all I say about that. Engineering in Microsoft Teams. Security researchers at Proofpoint published new social engineering techniques used against Microsoft Teams. One involves attackers renaming browser tabs to spoof team pages. Once on the fake tab, attackers impersonate a team's page in an attempt to load malware. Another approach involves manipulating meeting invites with team API calls, replacing links with malicious ones. Another involves changing the underlying URL to messages for teams, whereby the URL remains legitimate, but the link when clicked is malicious. None of these represent any flaw in Teams itself. Rather, it speaks to the growing popularity of the service and the threat surface. Proofpoint found that 60% of Microsoft 365 tenants suffered at least one successful account takeover incident in 2022. All right. Um, 
I'm, I'm reading about this because there's a different couple attacks here. Okay, so check it out. Microsoft Teams, um, well, two things here. One, social engineering. Okay, that is the attack on the human, right? Tricking them, just like these .zip TLDs. Uh, tricking someone into thinking that, you know, a, a link is legit or um, you're talking to a real person when you're talking to a, a, a scammer. Microsoft Teams, well, okay, Proofpoint wrote the report, okay? Proofpoint is an excellent product, okay? They're not, I'm not sponsored by them. I'm not affiliated in any way, but if Proofpoint's listening and you want to be, you want to sponsor the morning stream, I'd be happy to sing the praises of Proofpoint. I've used Proofpoint in production. It is a fantastic email security gateway. Basically, someone sends you an email and before it lands in your inbox, it goes through Proofpoint. And Proofpoint says it's cool or it's not cool, all right? And the, the magic of how they make that decision is why they are a very wealthy, lucrative, successful company, all right? Their research is showing that uh, a couple different techniques and tactics that threat actors are using to socially engineer uh, users of Microsoft Teams. There's nothing inherently flawed about Microsoft Teams. This is not a technical exploitation. This is a social engineering attack using the mechanisms that are currently available. Uh, I would encourage you, if you are a Microsoft Teams shop, first of all, I, I, I feel for you. I empathize. I think Microsoft Teams is not the best solution for collaboration, for internal collaboration. But um, Microsoft nailed it. Um, a lot of CFOs don't understand why you have to pay for another solution if you already pay for Microsoft Teams, but Microsoft Teams is bundled with Office 365, so you can't a la carte it and not pay for it. So Microsoft, savvy move, my friends, by uh, you know ham-fisting Microsoft Teams into corporate America, but it's, it's not a great product in my opinion, okay? But because people are using it, um, you can be targeted. So if you do use Microsoft Teams in your environment, I would encourage you to look at this article. I'm going to drop it in chat really quickly and look at the way that these attacks are actually happening. One way that, hold on. Um, here's the, hold on. Here's the actual report itself, <clears throat> right? Oh no, wait, this is different. Um, read how these are happening. <clears throat> Changing tab names in Microsoft Teams. Being able to manipulate the API so the URL looks like one thing, but it's actually going to a malicious site. So you could get a phishing landing page or credentials. If you are so, um, yeah, no, BSEC, you can pay for Teams. I get I get that you can buy just Teams by itself. My point is many businesses are O365 shops and they get Teams. <clears throat> so the, 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 the call to action for you guys is to look at this story and see how these attacks are actually being executed. You may even have an opportunity if you're, if you're really motivated to actually demonstrate how one of these attacks is conducted because it doesn't, it doesn't exploit Microsoft Teams. It exploits the functionality of Microsoft Teams to exploit a human who would be reading it. So you can do some like fun, cool demos you can show off. You can make little videos and stuff like that to hook some people up. Um, you could even, like they said, uh, change the API call. So you send someone a calendar invite and when they click on it, it goes to a Rickroll page. Uh, I would um, caution you. I have heard stories just recently, like in the last three months, it was in the news 
of like uh, InfoSec analyst who rickrolled the CEO of the company and the CEO fired him. Um, so whatever. I mean, that's probably a personality related thing, but just be mindful <clears throat> of who you're rickrolling and how you're doing it. But um, there's there's mechanisms there. The point is a threat actor could send you, uh, could easily trick you. Um, if, if this is being published like this, threat actors know about it. So be mindful. And now a word from our sponsor, Hunters. There's nothing worse than relying on a legacy SIEM that your security team has outgrown, especially when it impacts your ability to detect real incidents. Hunter's SOC platform offers built-in, always up-to-date detection rules and automatic correlation that allows SOC analysts to focus on higher-value tasks that impact your organization. It's time to move to a platform that reduces risk, complexity, and cost for the SOC. Visit hunters.security to learn how you can move beyond SIEM and let them know you heard about Hunters on the CISO series. All right, two things here. One, be Theo. If Rick Rowland's wrong, I don't want to be right. I love that. Second of all, <clears throat> with all due respect to whoever is reading the podcast, no one, no one, like, no one says SEIM, SIEM. No one calls it. It's a SIM. It's a SIM. I, I really appreciate this podcast. If you are new here, new to the industry, do not call it an SIEM. You'd be outing yourself as not, like, no one calls it that. It's a SIM. It's a SIM. Okay? First of all, I don't want you to, <laughs> I don't want you to be in a meeting and say SIEM. <clears throat> okay. Second of all, really quickly, if you are uh, looking to break in the industry, um, like, this Microsoft thing and how these attacks works, just learn one of them and be able to bust that out in a job interview because it's likely that the place you're interviewing is using Microsoft Teams. It would be really, really um, a good differentiator uh, of you as a candidate to be able to explain that. A, because it's modern. B, because it, it's easy for the interviewer to wrap their head around because it's a social engineering attack. All right, here we go. Mid-roll. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, guys, if you're getting entertainment value out of it, educational value, 257 of you beautiful people here this morning. Good to see you. Please take a second and hit that. Well, 256, I guess one person had to go. <laughs> hey, take a second, hit the like button. Um, it goes a long way to helping other people find the show. That's, that's why I ask you to hit the like button. It helps other people find the show. So pay it forward, hit the like button. <clears throat> Thanks again to the stream sponsors, Panopsi, XM Cyber. <clears throat> for their continued support. <clears throat> God. <clears throat> Jesus, excuse me. Guys, I want to tell you about Barricade Cyber Solutions. I told you about them at the beginning. Barricade Cyber Solutions. Get the emotes out, my squad team members. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. Thank you, Daniel Neese. Check them out at BarricadeCyber.com. This is what their website looks like. Eric Taylor is a professional, a wonderful human being, and he really cares. You can go to his calendar right here. Get on his calendar. I would encourage you to get on his calendar. If you work at a business and you have not a really good option for what happens if you get hit with ransomware just have a conversation it's not even about how much is it going to cost it's like literally if we needed to use you 
what would that look like? And he'd be like, well, I, I mean, if you got Azure, I need an account in Azure. We can lay it dormant. If you're on-prem, I'm going to need an account on-prem. Do you do any logging uh, on your systems? No, you probably want to get that in place because that's the first thing I'm going to do if I get in here. It will be a productive conversation. Believe that. He is a good person. All right. Want to remind everybody that if you want to get the newsletter, I've had a couple people reach out to me directly. Uh, the newsletter adds massive value. Tell a friend if you think it adds value. Tell me if you don't think it adds value. Simply cyber.io slash newsletter. Sign up for it. Get the email every single Monday morning uh, or Monday afternoon if I had a long weekend and I took, you know, I didn't work seven days a week. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, Matthew Pelkey. Hopefully Matthew Pelkey's in chat. Uh, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an opportunity for you as a Simply Cyber community to connect, build your professional network, and engage with each other. Your professional network will be worth its weight in gold, believe me. And this is one way that you can do it. This is an uh, initiative that I started a few months ago. It's been going great. Each day someone else gets tagged. I was not connected with Matthew Pelkey. So Matthew, I read his story. I commented on his story. I connected with him. I'm building my professional network. You should too. I ask Matthew at this time to please tag somebody in chat and let them carry the baton. Go on LinkedIn, find this hashtag, connect with the people who are using it, build your network. Believe me, I cannot, I, I can, I set it all up. I've got, I've got the challenge going. I'm telling you about it. I'm doing everything. All you need to do is go engage with it and connect with those people. That's your task to do it. You will be so, so, so happy with it once you've started building it believe me i i can't i can't emphasize enough how important professional networking is y'all tree hugger with the challenge thank you matthew pelkey thank you tree hugger uh please go off i look forward to your post and engaging with you guys on thursdays our very own haircut fish builds a meme a custom meme you may remember on tidbits tuesday i told you that i love talking through movies i love analyzing the crap out of stuff here you go here's your meme of the week I'll just let that soak in for a second. All right. Thank you so much, um, Dan Reardon, a.k.a. the Haircut Fish, for your continued support. Let's get back into the news, guys. China cracks down on counterfeit news. The Cyberspace Administration of China launched a campaign to remove news organizations it claims spoof state-sponsored media. The regulator said its initial enforcement actions took down over 100,000 online accounts over the past month under the rationale that these accounts misrepresented state media. <laughs> Arian. The CAC also said it took down 107,000 accounts of faked news sites and 835,000 pieces of misinformation in that time as well. The CAC said many of these accounts used AI to create imitations of media anchors to give their content added veracity. VS okay, so a couple things here. One, uh, Arian Sagetti, good to see you. A good friend of mine. He's been on stream before. Uh, hope to see you in Vegas, Arian. Uh, it says I can watch movies with his kids because they love talking through it too. I just want to qualify. Talking during a movie, it's more about like working out the plot lines. If, if they talk like my kids do during the movie, it's much more about like um, things that are not going on in the movie. All right, but uh, it's all about good times and entertainment, right? So, all right, so here's this thing. China's cracking down. This does not surprise me. If this has nothing to do with China being an authoritative regime, 
if there was 100,000 fake news, social media accounts, websites, uh, misinformation, you know, posts, whatever, I would want the United States to shut them down too. Misinformation, disinformation, especially in today's age with social media and AI going freaking bananas, like AI's like, Right. So I want them to get shut down. So way to go, China, on this. What I will say is I've seen these stories a couple times. It, what's up, Tupa, with the squad? I've seen these stories a couple times. It really boggles my mind. Like, guys, think about it for a second. If I told you, like, say I gave you a list of like 25, 25 accounts that were like misinformation accounts, and I told you to go shut them down. Like, how would you do that? How long would it take? Who would you contact? How do you validate? How do you, right? Now let's let's up it to 100,000, right? That's scalar variable. That is not trivial unless it's all on the same platform and you have access to the back end and you just run it through a CSV script and it goes like disable, disable, disable. Then maybe, but to me, like shutting down 100,000 accounts, um, that sounds like a lot of work and, and, and prone to error, right? You could accidentally shut down non-fake accounts. The other thing I was going to say is somebody had to identify these 100,000 accounts. Can you imagine the guy or the lady who was sitting at their desk, like clicking on like social media accounts and they're like, is this, is this fake or is this real? Like, uh, fake, you know what I mean? Like somebody had to do the calculus, right? And I'm sure that there's some algorithm that probably uh, gives some type of like probability index. Like this, this web, this account is probably fake. This account is probably true. But dude, like something as simple as this, like a simple story, shuts down a hundred thousand news accounts. Like you, you'd read this, you'll probably forget about this story by the time I end this podcast. But to me, the level of work is like insane to do something like this. Now, the other thing I'm going to tell you guys, and I did some work on this recently. They talked about how some of the fake news sites actually had AI generated avatars to further bolster the authenticity of the news, the fake news and the uh, legitimacy and the authority of it. I wanna show you something kind of crazy. I did some research in this company called Synthesia um, last, last year, right? Maybe six months ago. Do you guys remember? Like for those of you who are longtime Simply Cyber community members, you know, I actually did a couple like news postings online where the AI person did the talking. I fed it a script, right? And this like level of AI is kind of not a big deal anymore. But at the time last year, this was kind of a big deal. Check this out. There is a, um, another company, um, oh dang, South, South Korean news anchor woman AI. Uh, this woman right here, okay? I can't remember what the name of the company was. Super sketchy, right? I called this company and I said, hey, like I'm looking at Synthesia and I'm looking at your company. I did the Synthesia one. I wanted to do something with their company. I met with a guy in like kind of a sketchy Zoom call. I told him what I was doing. I told him who I was. He told me to get back to me and then like never heard from him again. And like, like no communications, nothing like, like, no, no. But he did tell me that this woman right here, um, cause this was like part of the sales pitch. Oh my God, get out of here with these pop-ups. Um, this is part of the sales pitch. He said that this woman right here, this is a real woman. He said, this woman right here is like the Walter Conkright, Conkright, Cronkite, 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 
Walter Cronkite, like the, like the Peter Jennings, the Dan Brokaw, the Dan Rather, like she is like the face of news in South Korea, okay? And they made a, she went into this place, made a full AI 360 degree, recorded her voice, everything video of her. So that's her AI version. And this is her in real life. This is her AI. This is her in real life. And whenever there is breaking news, anything, anything breaking news in South Korea, if she is on vacation, if she is asleep, if she is anywhere, her AI does the news. So she is you want to talk about Orwellian 1984? I mean, she's not quite Big Brother, but she is the face of news 24-7 in South Korea. And they will they do say at the beginning of the broadcast, this is an AI-generated version of the reporter. Uh, just be mindful because it's so realistic. But this is what's happening in South Korea with this technology. And this is like six months ago, y'all. Okay? All right. I just want to make you aware of that. Marketplace targeted with malware. What marketplace? A new report from Checkpoint analysts found three malicious extensions on Microsoft's VS Code marketplace. Windows devs downloaded these over 46,000 times before being removed on May 14th. One was a theme extension that stole information on developer system, things like host name and other system information. Another extension acted as a C-sharp shell injector to execute code, while a third saved credentials and tokens. These all posed with legitimate sounding names, but code analysis quickly showed they lacked the implied functionality. We mo- <coughs> all right. So checkpoint. Here's the thing. If you all right. So who does this affect? If you're a Visual Studio Code developer or Visual Studio developer, this affects you. Chances are the people who are listening to this call right now. What's up, Jamie Fleck? Good to see you. If you're a Visual Studio Code developer, chances are you're not listening to this podcast because we're all in on cybersecurity and you're all in on coding. But if you dabble in Visual Studio, then yes, this matters to you. But what I would argue is you uh, people in chat right now, all 269 of you uh, beautiful babies and people on Team Replay, chances are you have somebody in your company or a department in your company that is doing software development and they may be using Visual Studio. Just like Chrome extensions, right? Everybody loves a good Chrome extension. Chrome extensions can be malicious in nature or have, uh, you know, espionage, keylogger, uh, info stealer capabilities, crypto jacking. Visual Studio, apparently, I didn't know this. Visual Studio has the capability to plug in extensions, make it extensible. Very, very cool. But obviously, it's being it's being weaponized and exploited by threat actors. So all I would do if I were you is take this story, copy, copy, paste the URL here. I'll do the copy paste part, right? And I would send this to the, I would actually send this to the manager of the group that is doing development work, right? Whoever that is, or bring this up at like, if you do like a monthly infosec open forum type thing, bring it up. The point is you want to get this in front of developers to make them mindful that there are malicious extensions. Not, I mean, you could tell them to go look for these specific extensions, but just put, put the, put the seed in their head that those extensions don't just get a pass automatically because, you know, it's visual studio and I do code. So like, what's the big deal? No, like there's PII exposure, there's backdoors enabled. There's probably going to be info stealers and stuff like that. You're writing code. So you're writing new intellectual property. So stealing that would be pretty advantageous. This is not trivial. All right. And guys, 
like here's one malicious extension, prettiest Java. That doesn't say like scary malware, nation state threat actor, flaming donkey Java, right? It says prettiest Java. That's, that's you know, beautiful soup is a very famous web scraping Python library. Prettiest Java, beautiful soup. One of those is legit and one of those is malicious. If I didn't just explain it to you, you might think, I don't know which one. How do I decide, Jerry? So just be mindful of that. Educate your developers. Make them aware. Be an, be a champion for your developers. Help them write better code. Dracula theme's a big one too, aka dark mode. Yeah, I do love me some dark mode. Um... Oh, okay, so people are, they're even, okay, so check it out. I guess um, BSEC is saying Dracula theme's a big one. So Dracula theme's big, but then there's a malicious one called Theme Dracula Dark. So that's another, that's like a social engineering, um, th that's an additional layer of manipulation using social engineering to confuse people like, oh, hey, I, I use this one uh, feature that's really cool. It's called something Dracula. I don't know. It's Dracula something. Just look for Dracula. You'll find it. So then somebody could stumble into this bear trap um, based on not knowing the real name. All right. So just educate your developers. Help it, you know, toss a coin to your developer. Flaw to remain unpatched. Security researchers at Sternum disclosed a flaw in the Wemo Mini Smart Plug V2. This could allow someone to trigger a buffer overflow by passing on a device name longer than 30 characters using a third-party tool. This overflow could then be used for a code injection attack. To make this even more significant, attackers can exploit the flaw remotely if the plug connects to the internet. Belkin said it would not patch the flaw as the unit reached end-of-life status. Sternum disclosed the breach after notifying Belkin and waiting 90 days. All right, so a couple things. One, and this is going to show you how I live my life, okay? I saw this story last night at the dinner table. <laughs> um... Uh, you know, like, like sitting down at the table, things are kind of like winding down, I'm like thumbing through. I see this because like all I do is consume cybersecurity intel. And we have these devices. I have these devices all over the place. My Christmas tree is on a timer on this Wemo device. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to have to replace all these smart plugs. Here's the deal. This thing is susceptible to a buffer overflow. It's 2023 people. Don't let anyone tell you that a buffer overflow is just an academic exercise that isn't real anymore and no one's using them. Buffer overflows, they happen all the time. There's a reason that we continue to teach and educate them. Also, fun fact, um, reaching back into my um, into the vault, if you will, if you want to learn about uh, an OG piece of history, right? If you want to learn about an OG piece of history, I think it was a DEF CON talk, but how to... Uh, Oh God, I think it's how to uh, exploit memory for fun and profit. Is that it? No, it's not exploit memory. Smashing the stack for fun and profit, okay? I think smashing the stack for fun and profit, smashing the stack for fun and profit. If you ever see, if you ever, ever, ever see a conference talk, this is from, uh, I think he presented this at um, DEF CON. And what year is this? I don't know what year this is, but <clears throat> this is old. This is like 90s, right? If you ever see a talk at a conference that says anything for fun and profit, this is where it came from. This is an OG piece of history in the cybersecurity industry, okay? Smashing the stack for fun and profit was the original 
academic paper or, um, you know, publication, I guess it was in Frack Magazine, on buffer overflows. This lays out how to initially do it. Before this, people didn't know what buffer overflows were. This was the OG buffer overflow. And and because it was so wild and it unlocked a ton of like research and, and con concepts of vulnerabilities, it's this is called, considered a seminal paper in our industry. And for fun and profit is also considered um, like this is where it comes from. So if you ever see like hacking uh, hacking GRC interviews for fun and profit or whatever, this is where it comes from. Okay, so just a little fun fact to share with everybody. Um, the buffer overflow exists. The Wemo device has to be connected to the internet for exploitation to happen. So if you do have these things like I do, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to get rid of them unless you, you basically have to do the threat analysis to determine if they're accessible by the internet. If so, then get rid of them. Um, if not, then they're, they're good to go. But then at the same time, just, just do your, do your research. See if you can ping these things from the internet. I don't know why they'd be on the internet, honestly, but if a threat actor gets into your environment, they're totally there as, um, exploitable. And they do have network access. If you've configured them with, um, like, you know, smart home capabilities to turn on and off and stuff like that. So it may not be able to be reached by the internet, but it can reach out to the internet, right? So things C2, persistence mechanisms, foothold, you know, th those type of things. So just be mindful. Th this thing isn't getting patched. I would say for home use, you know, you know, do your own risk assessment. For business use, you, you absolutely should throw these things away and, and replace them because you're, you're introducing exposure for no reason impersonating chat gpt we've covered data leaks as a result of chat gpt so far these seem mostly self-inflicted with organizations not realizing how the data will be processed but now we're seeing threat actors taking advantage of that as well researchers at eCentire detailed a threat actor known as batloader using search ads to deliver imposter sites claiming to offer access to chat gpt or midjourney Instead of access to these cutting-edge tools, the pages attempt to use MSIX Windows app installer files to deploy the Redline Stealer malware. Domain registrations indicate the group began this campaign as far back as February. The researchers say that while it may seem less concerning given that these tools are readily available, it warns that employees may turn to these types of links for alternative access if an organization outright bans their legitimate pages. Yep. Do RFPs or... Okay, so here's the deal with this, all right, guys? Um, it, this is like such a standard operating procedure in the threat actor's uh, playbook, okay? That you should be mindful of this. The, the, there's like um, wildcard or variable values in here. Uh, so like the, the attack does not change, but the, the variables do change, okay? So batloader some threat actor group. So insert threat actor name, flaming donkey impersonates chat GPT and mid journey. So that's a variable, replace it with wildly successful, popular pay to play solution in cyber attacks. So I'm, I'm manually searching Eric because the, uh, the blog post, like they didn't post it to the, to the website. All right. So check this out. Um, we see this often with like back in the day with like uh, software before it was like software as a service models when you'd have to buy like World of Warcraft or Ultima Online or Microsoft Server or 
insert whatever solution you had to buy Photoshop, right? Um, going way back, uh, the Apple. Oh my God, what was the Apple? Um, Apple Two E had like a a, a a print shop type uh, graphics application. I'm going way back into the archives there, but here's the deal. Say you're a company and you ban ChatGPT, right? Well, Carl, Carl's like, well, I want to use ChatGPT. I see all the value of ChatGPT. Oh, Batloader's the malware. Okay, so okay, so Batloader's the malware. But hold on, no, Joel Belton. It literally says right here the threat actor known as Batloader. The very first sentence. The threat actor known as Batloader. Okay, so listen. It, it, it's a tale as old as time, right? I want to use this technology and policy at the company says no, okay? Now, I I don't care if it's policy or not. Like, I want to use it. It's my money and I want it now, right? JG Wentworth up in here with ChatGPT. It's my AI and I want to use it now, okay? So just like any Carl would do, they're going to try to find ways around it. Can I jump on a VPN and circumvent the firewall restrictions? Can I go off of the corporate network and use my home network and, and bypass the firewall restrictions, the DNS sinkholing? Can I get there a different way? So I go ahead and Google or Bing or whatever. And the first result says like chat GPT alternative site or whatever. And you're like, yeah, you hit the button, you thumbs up and you're basically running uh, PowerShell scripts that are infecting your machine and installing Redline Info Stealer. Meanwhile, you know, Carl's like, yeah, I found a solution, probably sharing it with other people across Microsoft Teams. They're like, hey, I found a workaround for the chat GPT. <laughs> Management will never know. And in reality, you're just like, in a in a room full of mouse traps that haven't been set off yet, and like you you're stumbling through them, and they're like snap 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 snap, and you're just getting you're just getting puckered all over the place. Okay, so be mindful of this. Again, this is a wicked common attack using Google search ads, and and threat actors will invest ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand dollars in order to have their results show up at the very top of Google. What does a threat actor care about spending fifty G's on? Google ads, they're going to make more than 50 grand off of stealing your money, right? Or selling your data or ransomware in your company. They don't care. It is a cost to do business as far as they're concerned. And by the way, Google's like, hell, like Google's like, no problem, right? So uh, just be mindful of this. This particular one is particularly interesting because ChatGPT and MidJourney are so wildly uh, popular right now and people are going. So to me, this would actually be, uh, this will be in the news. Like, so if you're curious about the newsletter, I keep talking about, this will be the story for your end users in next week's newsletter, because it is in the absence of knowledge, people make their own risk-based decisions. If you tell people like at your organization, if you're blocking ChatGPT or not, you should still make people aware that threat actors are creating fake ChatGPT websites, pushing them to the top of the Google results, and tricking people into installing malicious crap on their devices, right? It's, 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 it's again, it's the same attack. It's just the variables change. What's the malware, who the threat actor is, and what the delicious, uh, attractive site is that you're copying or whatever. That, those three things are the variables, but the attack is the same. Quest for proposals, work as intended. It seems they're loaded with flaws, yet for some organizations who must follow processes, they've become necessary evils for both buyers and sellers. What can we do to improve the process? 
that's what we'll be discussing. On- All right, hold on. That's the end of the story. Again, I didn't have the um, I didn't have the blog post today, so I didn't know where the stories were going and stuff like that. But uh, let's do this. Do do do. All right, guys, that is gonna do it. You know, hey, even when we're executing business continuity um, operations, operating at eighty percent, we still deliver a pretty good show. I hope you enjoyed the heck out of the show today. I want to remind everybody, we have a very special guest coming on later today. My man, your friend, Simply Cyber community friend, Cody Kinsey's coming back for round two of Simply Cyber Live. It says Fireside Chat with Cody Kinsey because I was lazy and I didn't want to update the promo card. But we are doing a wireless demonstration. He's going to be showing off his Wi-Fi nuggets. This guy right here. Cody makes these things. He's going to show you how he can do passive OSINT threat intel gathering with one of these devices. Uh, maybe we'll de-auth some stuff. It's going to be a very technical. Here's the deal. Today's live stream will be technical with hands-on hardware demo, but I promise you, Cody is excellent at making the knowledge accessible. I pride myself on inclusion and want to make the knowledge that we'll be talking about accessible to everybody. So don't think that like you're not you're not, it's not a good uh, stream for you because you're not technical. Bump that, we're gonna get you straightened out. I sent you a PDF on Discord of the TTPs of Flaming Donkey from Bard. Okay, hold on one second. Uh, I'll pull that up in a second. Uh, Guys, thanks so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. It is Thursday, May 18th. If you got a boogie out of here, go for it. Um, I have, I feel like I have a meeting at 9 a.m. Hold on one second. I definitely have a meeting at 10 a.m. I've got some great jaw jack and stuff. I do not have a meeting at 9 a.m. I do not have a meeting at 9 a.m. So let's jaw jack for a hot minute. Uh, Guys, remember every single morning at uh, 8 a.m. Oh, hold on. I've got a little outro thing too. Let me do that. Here's a new outro. I'm not sure when I'm going to play it, but check it out. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that valuable stream. Keep the cybersecurity learning train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have a Discord server that's lively and the conversations keep on going. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Also, every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we are doing live daily cyber threat briefings at 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as regular Thursday live stream content with industry experts and produced videos every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry for Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content. We'll see you in the next one. All right, that's the new outro. I'd love uh, Simply Cyber community members. If you have any thoughts, please drop them in comments. I'm trying to continuously increase the production value, the professionalism, the quality. I do, you know, I just have good times here, but, um, you know, as sponsors pay to sponsor the show, help fund the initiatives and the projects that we're kicking off, the Simply CyberCon, stuff like that. I need to continue to push these things forward. So um, I'm being told that it's very ASMR-y and it's too soft. Let me know. I can I can punch it up. I can put like I can put some music under it. All right. Uh, let's look at what Flaming Donkey's TTPs are. Hold on one second. All right, here we go. What the? Going back to the teams, what did you recommend as an alternative? Oh, okay. Um, so 
it's uh, there's no really great alternative, right? You can use a lot of businesses use Slack, a lot of businesses use Discord. You're still using a um, cloud-based system service that can be manipulated. I will say that with like even though I prefer Discord over Slack, a lot of businesses that use Slack, Slack allows a lot of like webhooks and um, integrations to be able to optimize automation. So that's that's kind of where that is. All right, so here's Flaming Donkey's TTPs, okay? Hold on. Uh, Dan Reardon generated this for us. Dan, please let us know in chat. Did you, like, pre-feed this and say that it was uh, active since 2019? Let's see. Phishing emails. Flaming Donkey sends phishing emails to the victims. Watering hole attacks. Drive-by downloads. Exploit kits. And social engineering. They are sophisticated threat actor. Yes. Very important to be aware of these TTPs. Here's... So this is great, Dan Reardon. I almost, I almost want to post this on uh, LinkedIn, but then, then I'd be promoting like misinformation, disinformation. Um, I mean, maybe I could add a qualifier at the bottom. But this is funny. This is really funny. Flaming Donkey, be on the lookout for Flaming Donkey. It's got official TTPs. I don't know. Let's well, let's keep the TTPs here, and we'll we'll as a group figure out the best way to approach this. I mean, obviously, I don't want to uh, blow up my account or get banned or anything. Oh, thanks, haircutfish. All right, very funny. Okay, where are we? Where are we? All right, two hundred people. You could water water market that says for jokes. Oh, I love it. On the topic of AI, ever thought of having a dedicated segment? Our channel or what have you about the security implications of AI yeah we'll keep an eye out for it. maybe I'll, I will do that um, actually you know what I might be able to do the post just to demonstrate that AI you know can hallucinate it can be very confident about fake information I mean that has been well documented but it's an it's a good way to do it um, all right so Daniel Neese asks about an AI thing uh, maybe, so AI is great. Simply Cyber, if I was going to do another Simply Cyber channel, it's, I don't know if you, like, just to make everybody fully appreciate that, managing a YouTube channel is a, is a ton of work. It is a lot of work. Uh, and just managing the one channel right now is significant, um, a significant ask of, uh, of me. So managing a second channel would be very challenging. Now, having a segment around AI only, um... I don't know if there's enough content. I, I don't know if I would drill into it that heavily. Having videos, so all this month, May and June, I am doing AI videos on the produce section of Simply Cyber. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. I mentioned it in one of my, um, I mentioned it in one of my videos. Um, let me see really quickly. So if you go to simplycyber.io um, slash streams, you'll see like, guys, this is AI, this is AI, this is AI, and I've got more AI videos in the pipeline. Uh, so the next, like, like these three plus, like, three more. So, like, six videos, seven videos are all AI-focused. So I am doing that around AI, but I just don't have the bandwidth to have a dedicated channel or anything like that. Um, but thanks for asking. All right. No, I appreciate that, Daniel. Uh, would you need to put into mass production to handle multiple channels? So, yeah, well, the thing is, like, I don't know. Like, if I was going to do another channel, I, I've thought about it. I think if I was going to do another channel, 
I might... There's two things. One, I could split off the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing podcast, this, th- what we're doing right here, and just have this as its own channel. Because when you go to my when you go to my YouTube channel and like look at like the content, it's like this looks like the same thing every day, and it, it kind of gets like confusing what I'm doing up in here. So splitting that out might be a good idea. It wouldn't change the amount of content I'm making, but it could split it out. Also, a fully dedicated, um, like me playing cybersecurity video games. I play a lot of cybersecurity video games, Haiku, Threat Gen, Manhunt. There's several ones and I really enjoy those experiences. I don't know if it would warrant its own channel, but that's a that's another idea I've had. But for the for the short term, for the next um, 12 months, there's no plans to have a second cybersecurity channel. I've got so many initiatives. I'm working on multiple courses right now. Um, sponsorships, guys, I've got a massive sponsorship um, I signed a deal with, I guess it's not really um, non-disclosure, right? So, um, yeah, so anyways, I signed a, a partnership with Intel yesterday. Like Intel, the Fortune 50 company. So Simply Cyber, it, it's it's part of the reason why I, I made the outro a little bit more popular. I mean, a little bit more polished because I'm like, oh, Jesus, if I'm doing business with Intel, I probably should... Uh, <laughs> I probably should clean this up. Um, so anyways, that that's that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. Thank you. Udemy. So Nightshade asks about Udemy. Udemy is pretty good. We're actually going to be covering Udemy later today. Cody Kinsey actually has a course on Udemy around how to use his... Um, his Wi-Fi nugget, right? And we'll be covering that course later today. I have access to it. Un- unfortunately, I haven't been able to um, view it because I don't have time. And guys, just between me, you, just between me and you, <laughs> shh, like these kind of brand deals with people like Intel and stuff, that is going to be the, these are going to be like the type of events that allow me to to break free and be able to do more simply cyber stuff the way I want to do simply cyber stuff if you feel me so stay tuned stay tuned once the uh once the buffer osier flow uh <laughs> presented by Red Bull uh studio in the back is complete and uh, you know things are things are lining up quite nicely y'all I know Steve thanks Steve I Steve I actually put that outro and I kind of made it generic because I'm going to use it at the end of simply cyber live I'm going to use it at the end of my uh, morning briefings and my thought is a lot of new people are showing up and they don't realize that there's more to simply cyber than the morning briefing so I'm trying to be I'm trying to basically let people know what's going on um, actually hold on I'm gonna start a poll right now and I want everybody to be honest okay please be honest do you like the outro yes leave it no needs minor changes no destroy it let me know i'm kind of curious i'm just curious if if people could take a hot second and vote on that please i'd love to i'd love to get the community you know guys i'm a huge community driven individual so and like I'm up here doing this and yes, I, I run simply cyber, but your opinion matters to me, uh, in shaping what we're doing here. Pursuit of bliss likes buffer osier flow. <laughs> yeah, I can play it again, guys. Ready? I'm going to play the outro again one more time.
everybody. I hope you enjoyed that valuable stream. Keep the cybersecurity learning train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have a Discord server that's lively and the conversations keep on going. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Also, every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we are doing live daily cyber threat briefings at 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as regular Thursday live stream contents with industry experts and produced videos every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry for Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content. We'll see you in the next one. All right, that's the new outro. So holler, we got a poll going. Do you like the outro? Yes, no, destroy it, minor changes. Let me know. Add music, okay. I don't want it to be ASMR. I'm not <laughs> I'm not running an OnlyFans channel up here for crying out loud. Alright, so background music, background music. Okay, I can do music. That's cool. Too forced, Wayne's Real World says. Need to be more upbeat. Alright. Casually Joseph thinks it's too wordy. Alright. Alright, I'll take another run at it, y'all. I'll take another run at it. I'll be like, what's up? You just got served InfoSec knowledge, boy. <laughs> and then I'll just like, a mic will appear and then I'll slam it on the ground and then smoke, ninja smoke grenade my way out of there. <laughs> uh, all right, some more lively. All right, guys, I'm good. I'll do that. I will tell you, I kind of rolled the dice today. I, like I ran out of, so we're we're running at a um, we're running we ran out of uh, French roast coffee at the house. So just let everybody know that that's that's a high risk thing. Uh, and obviously, I had to get into my um, break glass of in cases emergency coffee um, supply. And Mrs. Ozier found uh, some coffee I had ground and put in the fridge. So I, I don't know when I did it. I made it. I put it today. So I could have been crank. It could have been whatever. Good news is, I don't know what it is, but it's just like a, you know, it's a fine cup of coffee. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Oh, geez, Jackson King. Okay. All right. I'll reshoot this thing. Stay tuned for tomorrow. I'll, I'll find time today to reshoot it. Jesus, I'm, I'm gonna delete it. Hold on, I'm deleting it. Okay, I've deleted it. That you'll, that, that, um, that video is deleted now. Oh, thank you, local leads. I appreciate it. Uh, Jesse Johnson. Oh, hey, Jesse. It's good to see you, Jesse. Um, Anything you want to talk about, Jesse? So, and I'll just tell, um, so really quick, Jesse's asking um, about my, my setup. Uh, let me show you guys. So two things, two things to share. I shared this on uh, stream the other day. I have two, um, oh my God, what is this? I have two like kits or whatever you want to say that I made to make it easier. This is budget. This is the budget kit, okay? This is what I started with. And there's uh, the camera right here, Jesse, is the uh, Logitech C920. Not really good for, you know, if you're making produced content, like not head on, because this clips onto a monitor. But my actual 
professional studio, what I'm rocking right now, um, again, this is not this is not cheap, right? This is throughout three years of a, of accumulating content and getting sponsorships and being able to invest back into Simply Cyber. Um, my camera is right here. I'm using a Sony Alpha A6400, and then I have the Sigma 1.4 lens on it. You know, the, like. Like, just to be real, like, this is, like, probably $2,000. Like, this camera and this lens together, it, it's it's probably between $1,500 and $2,000. It, it is not a budget-friendly setup. But, you know, brick by brick, you slowly build it up, right? But because if you use this camera and this lens, I am literally... In, here's one thing that I don't ever show people on stream, but you should be mindful of it. Like, like right here, this is the wall. I, like... My arm doesn't even bend. You see this? Also, like, this is the wall right here. I am, like, literally in a four-foot by four-foot corner. Like, I'm in a phone booth here. But because of the lens and the trickery of what I'm doing here, it looks... It doesn't look like I'm... <laughs> it doesn't look like I'm um, uh, being punished in the corner, right? It's all part of the mystique. So, anyways, that's that's what's going on there. That C920 Logitech camera is great, though, and it actually has a mount on the bottom, so you could put it on a... Um, what do they call the stupid things? Like a tripod, or you could put it on a mount. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, the thing is, guys, like, I, hopefully, you know, some of you have been around for a while... A lot of Simply Cyber community members, a lot of a lot of people with the blue Simply Cyber logo on their name, BSEC with the red. Guys, you know, go back and watch my older stuff. I mean, little by little, I, I try to, you know, invest back. The money I'm getting, I'm not going to like, bot, like Fiji on Simply Cyber dollars. I, I'm investing back into the, into the, into the business, I suppose. I'm, I'm investing back into it, right? I've got a mixer up here. I've got a stream deck. I've got... And in fact, you know what? Hold on. Um, let me show you this one. Jesse Johnson. Um, how, do I, how do I search on my own? How do I search on my own? Here it is. Look at this. So I, this is a behind this. This is like my entire studio walkthrough, All right? So if you want to look at this, Jesse, like this is the whole like way I do it. There's the Logitech C920, right? So go check that out if you're interested in learning more about my actual setup. You'll see all the behind the scenes things. Thanks, Wayne's Real World. We're about to change it up, right? So I'm about to get the buff Buffer Osher Flow um, presented by Red Bull Studio in the back. And um, and then I'm going to be in the remote studio for several weeks um, on location. Yep, I got a guitar. I got a Breed Love acoustic down here. Enjoy it, Jesse. And Jesse, if you got any questions, just DM me. I'm happy to talk about that. Actually, guys, 
Um, one thing I'm, I'm, I started making this course. I was working with Joel Belton and another guy named Pete Preston. I'm, I'm going to make a course on how to make a YouTube channel, uh, how to make a cybersecurity YouTube channel. I've been doing it for years. I have a lot of experience and a lot of lessons learned. Um, I do want to make a course um, on how to make a simply uh, on how to make a cybersecurity community channel. Oh, Jesus, a cybersecurity YouTube channel successful. I think it would be awesome. Oh, nice. Casually Joseph knows what's up. Yeah, my breed love. I love my breed love. I don't get to play it. I love running too. I don't get to do that either. All right, let's let's end the poll. All right, so people just want me to add some music to the stream uh, to the outro video. Very cool. Thanks everybody for voting. Appreciate it. What's this state and local cyber grant program? If you have not looked this up, if someone was a champion for their city, you're in cyber. All right. I like that. It looks like great becoming a TV celebrity. Oh, Scott Mack. Thank you. Well, I'm supposed to be doing that night studios late night with Jerry show. That's that's continued to be pushed to the right. Um, partially because of me. I don't I, like, I don't have time. Like how insane is that? That I'm, I'm like strapped for time that a TV show, <laughs> like something as awesome as that has kind of getting pushed to the right. All right. Went a little long today. I appreciate it. Jaw Jackin's always a good time. Guys, thank you all so very much. I genuinely appreciate it. I really, really hope that you guys can make it um, later today for Cody's chat. Um, I genuinely appreciate it. Um, I'll be promoting this. Um, if you're still here, you're definitely a squad member or a, a, a Simply Cyber community um, member who, who like, you know, you're part of the community. You love what's going on. We're, June 8th is going to be part of that Intel deal. There'll be a live stream June 8th. Um, I, I would please ask. I really want a good turnout for that one. Uh, so please, um, you know, try to try to be there on June 8th. But uh, today is May 18th and we're going to have Cody on. I can't wait. Guys, you're going to love. I love Cody and his style and what he delivers and his professionalism. So please, please, please uh, come hang out. Have a good time. It'll be a good time. Obviously, the week of that Intel show, I'll be pumping it all week. So giddy up on that. Reminder, if you want to catch that webinar that's going on right now, go to XM Cyber. The link is in the description below. You can still sign up and get in there right now. It's happening right now. Okay? I'm actually going to jump in there myself. I meant to do it. That's why I thought I had something at 9 o'clock. It was this webinar. I'm going to jump in there right now. Guys, be good, and we will see you. Yeah, Tree Hugger, it's right here. I'm going to drop it one more time in chat. I'm going to jump in there right now. If you guys are interested, come over there. I'll be in there until uh, 930. Guys, be good. We'll see you um, in the next one, 430 p.m. later today. Be good, everybody.